other uh, phrase. That was unexpected. I didn't expect that to uh, go that way. I wasn't expecting this um, to happen. Didn't expect to not have internet when I walked in to the church this morning. That was unexpected. Um, you, you maybe just made it here. And you think, well, it's unexpected. We actually made it to this morning uh, with everything going on. That, what, that is a word and a feeling that often we can feel, the unexpected. And positively, it can be a great thing. I mean, if you were a Vikings fan yesterday, uh, the unexpected was a wonderful thing. I heard that they were down 33-0 at halftime. They came back to win 36-33 in overtime, the largest uh, comeback in NFL history. Totally unexpected if you're a Vikings fan. But often, what's unexpected is not positive. Often, the unexpected thing can be a negative thing. We were not expecting that relationship to fall apart. We weren't expecting the job not to be there. We weren't expecting the family diagnosis or the diagnosis. We weren't expecting this bill to take place. We weren't expecting uh, these much, this much difficulty at this stage of my life. We weren't, we weren't expecting all these things. That's how life often can go, these unexpected. What what is unexpected? And often, the unexpected things seem like they are closings and not openings. The unexpected things for us just seems like uh, that, that I thought I, uh, the dream I had, it, it's dying. This is a closing. This is, what we thought the future would be is closing. It often can feel the unexpected, like it's the end of hope and not the beginning. But the birth of Jesus Christ paints a completely different picture. And the birth of Christ shows us the true reality that the unexpected does not end what God is doing, but often it begins what God is doing. Matthew wrote his gospel to a Jewish group of people originally who had heard about Christ and had followed him. And then he wrote his gospel very boldly and strongly to them. But he starts it in an interesting way, not the normal way the, we would start a book. And this morning, we just want to look at how he described the unexpected. Just looking at this passage, we're going to look at there was just this unexpected lineage. There was an unexpected interruption but there was an unsurprised God in all of it. If you look at Matthew chapter one, this is, this is an unexpected lineage. First of all, it's not normally the way that you would start out an account of a, of a story. I mean, many people will just skip over the first 17 uh, verses of Matthew, just like I did this morning. We didn't take the time to read all of them, but there's this unexpected lineage. It starts out with the book of genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, and then verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ. This is, there's an unexpected, this is a surprise announcement almost for these Jewish people. They've been waiting, and for us, they've been waiting for this Messiah to come, for this promised Messiah for hundreds of years, and for 400 years, from the last time a prophet spoke until Jesus arrived on the scene, there was great silence. And there's this just surprise announcement that the genealogy of Jesus Christ, who is the son of David, the son of of Abraham. And what Matthew was trying to convey to us is that Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, is 
of the line of King David, the one and from Abraham, who two people who were promised and made promises by God. In, in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, Abraham was called out by God unexpectedly. And he said, from Abraham, even though you have no children, from you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And God said to Abraham, Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And Abraham unexpectedly was called out and sent to a different land, and God said, from you, all the nations will be blessed. And then David, years later, was born. He became the king of Israel, and God promised David in Genesis chapter 15 that his kingdom would reign and continue forever. But how did that happen? David died. Another king's after David died. And then Matthew says that this is the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Son of Abraham. And as you read the genealogy, it says that there are from, so all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations, and from David to the deportation of Babylon, 14 generations, and from the deportation of Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations generations. And he lists all these generations, these 14 generations, but he doesn't list everybody who is in Jesus's genealogy. Why does he do that? Why did Matthew emphasize that? There is a numerical value to the name David in the Hebrew language, which was 14. And what Matthew was doing as he was writing his uh, genealogy, he was emphasizing and making the symbolism of the 14, from this to this there was 14, emphasizing that this was how David's name numerically would be known, emphasizing that Jesus is the true Messiah. It was an unexpected announcement that this baby born in a no-for-nothing town is the anointed one, the true, the true ultimate king of Israel, the ultimate king of the world. It was an unexpected thing. And in that lineage, there's also an unexpected group of people that are listed. If you read through the lineage, there are these different names that pop up. It might mean nothing to you, but they're significant. There's four women who are named in the genealogy. First of all, that wasn't done necessarily back then, unless they were people of great prominence, ladies of great prominence. And, but the names that are listed in this account, in verse 3, there's a woman named Tamar. In verse 5, Rahab. And in verse 5, Ruth and Uriah's wife, who was Bathsheba. All of these individuals would be unexpected in the line of the king of Israel. First of all, there was scandal behind their stories. All of them are mentioned in the Old Testament. If you go back and look them up, and I would encourage you to do that, there's, there's a scandal, there's a tent to them. For some, because of how they treated and others, how other people treated them. They were victims and had been victimized. But what was also extremely relevant is all of them are really outsiders. They're not from the nation 
of Israel. They're, they're foreigners. Rahab was a prostitute from Jericho and was a foreigner, but she had faith in God who helped the, nation, the, the Israelites. Ruth was an outsider from Moab who believed in the, in the faithfulness of God and came into the relationship with him. Uriah was Bathsheba's, Bathsheba was Uriah's wife, who King David himself committed adultery against, got her pregnant, had her husband killed. These are all scandalous stories, and it's not expected if you're going to present a king in a glorious way. But Matthew speaks the truth, and the Bible speaks the truth. And what that tells us for us is that there's a very specific grace in all of it. Tim Keller said, the world has always despised people from the wrong place and with the wrong credentials. We're always trying to justify ourselves. We need desperately to feel superior. And everything about Jesus contradicts and imposes that impulse. In the lineage of Jesus, the King, he is about grace. He calls in the outsider. He calls in the one with scandal. He, he looks at you or the person who feels that they've messed up their life, that they're not good enough, that they can't meet expectations. And he says, that's who I want. You're the one that I call in. It's unbelievable grace. All those who have struggled in all areas of sin, Jesus says, can be with me. Hebrews 7.25, speaking of Jesus, it says, He is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through Him. It's unexpected that the God of the universe would come and He'd rescue messed up people like me. And it's unexpected that he would be bold about it and want it to be known that he would say, bring in those who are struggling, bring in the hurting, bring in those who have sinned, who have gone far away, bring them in. It's unexpected, but it's absolutely true. And this morning, if you feel that you're in some way too dirty for God, that you've so messed up too much from God that he couldn't accept you, he couldn't love you, it's just not true. The lineage of God, of Christ, says he wants you. He says you can come. Look who's in his list of lineage. It's an unexpected lineage, but it's also, there is an unexpected interruption. So the birth of Christ took place when Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. Back then to be betrothed was, they would have, came together as families, and they said, you two will be married, and they would have lived separately for a year, but everybody would have known them as betrothed, and they would have been considered husband and wife, even though they had not slept together, even though they had not, did not live together. And this is where Mary and Joseph were. And it says that they were, when Mary had been betrothed to Joseph... Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, who hadn't slept with her, they hadn't been living together, but they were considered husbands back then, was a just man. Listen, J Joseph is one of the most amazing characters in the account 
of Jesus. He never speaks, but he's there. He's significant. And in this account with Joseph, here's Joseph who has, Mary was a young lady, Joseph was probably a young man, they had brought, been brought together, they had been betrothed, he was excited about it, he couldn't wait for the time to come when they could finally live together and enjoy being a married couple. He, he has plans, he has dreams, he has ideas. He, he knows Mary, he knows her family, she's a good girl, he's a good guy, it says he's just, which means he obeys the law of God, and it says Though, when that took place, Mary was found to be with child, which means there was some scandal to it. She had stayed with her aunt, her cousin Elizabeth, for three months after her pregnancy. So when she came back after her journey and came back to her town, and she sees Joseph, or Joseph sees her for the first time, she's showing, and she's found to be pregnant. This is unexpected in Joseph's life. This isn't that what he had dreamed about. We, we can't even understand the shame that Joseph would have felt, the struggle to try to figure out what to do with this. He, 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 he was excited about it. He had plans, and now it's just gone. It's all, this is not what he had expected at all, but it says he's a just Man, which means he's righteous, which means he followed the law, he followed the scriptures. And Joseph knew, as a righteous, just follower of God, when this situation comes up, there's only two things to do. You, you, you can divorce a woman publicly, almost to the point where she could even be stoned, even though that was not often done, or you could do it privately, but something had to be done. And it was definitely not what he expected, definitely not what he wanted to have to do. And there was great shame and there was a great struggle in Joseph because of this. And it says, but as he considered these things, he was torn. We don't know how long he was torn with this, but this was a devastating, unexpected event in his life and he was torn with it. But as he considered these things, he had decided, this is what I'm going to do. I am going to put her away privately. I don't want to shame her. I love her. I, I had great plans. But I'm going to put her away privately. And then he has this strange visit He'd made the decision. The angel then comes to him and he says to Joseph, don't be afraid to take her as your wife. She'll bear a son and you'll call his name Jesus. What would you do if all your dreams and plans had been interrupted in an unexpected way? Joseph did it. What he thought was a death and the end became for Joseph really a new beginning. There's amazing strength in Joseph. Joseph was a man, the Bible says, who was just and he was righteous, which means he was formed by the word of God. He knew what to do when the unexpected came and he knew that he was going to follow what God's word said to do and he, and he followed it. And not only did he follow it, he focused on the word of God and Joseph then followed the word of God. He, there was a great strength in Joseph. And what would it look like for you to address the unexpected situation that you're dealing with, with this kind of focus? Where, where you, you, you are trying to figure out what to do, and it's crushing, and it can be difficult, but what would, the, what would your focus be if it was the way you're going to handle that unexpected situation is going to be formed by the Word of God. It's going to be focused on the Word of God. And it's going to be following the Word 
of God. I mean, Joseph never talks in Scripture. We never hear him speak, but he's very prominent there. He lets his actions do all the speaking. There was this unexpected interruption in his life. But in all of it, there was a God who was not surprised. When you read this account and read much of the scriptures, it seems that God designs and delights in the unexpected. If you look at your own life, it seems like God designs and delights in putting us in unexpected situations, but God's never surprised. He is unsurprised in all of it. It says, this was a planned thing. Verse 22 says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophets. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel. This was all part of God's divine plan from hundreds and thousands of years, even before time began. This was God's great plan to bring himself great glory and to demonstrate his love for people. It was planned. And if you read that little account of Matthew 18 to 25 and see it there, there's numerous places where it's over and over told to Joseph, this, isn't, this, this was planned. It's from the Holy Spirit. This is what you're going to do. It was prophesied. It was all planned that God would become a man. And it's not surprising to God at all, but it should never not stop surprising us that God became a man. J.R. Packer said this about the incarnation, the God taking on human flesh. She said, God became a man. The divine son became a Jew. The almighty appeared on earth as a helpless human baby, unable to do more than lie and stare and wriggle and make noises, needing to be fed and changed and taught to talk like any other child. The boyhood of the son of God was a reality. The more you think about it, the more staggering it gets. Nothing in fiction is so fantastic as is the truth of the incarnation. Don't go through this next week unmoved by the reality that God took on human flesh willingly and what that means for us. It was, it was God was not surprised. It was planned. But why did, why did God have Joseph go through it? And why did God... Have all this plan. Why did he say, this is how I'm going to have you do it, Joseph. I want you to be shocked. I want all your dreams about your future devastated. I want to so change them this way that I'm going to have to send an angel to you so you'll even do what you know you can and should do. Why, why did God do it that way? Why, why the unexpected way? Well, I think one reason why was because it was very productive. Why does that God do that in our lives? When, when you, when you head, are heading in a direction, even as you love God and are following after God, then he throws in an unexpected thing. Well, why does he do that? Because it's very productive for us. Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5, says this. Not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. God did it that way because it was extremely productive in the life of Joseph to make Joseph to be the person that God wanted him to be. It taught and trained Joseph. 
but it was also very productive in the life of Jesus. I mean, Joseph was the adopted human father of Jesus. He took him in, the, the son that he didn't have to. He, he, he was taking him in, and, it was, and the Bible says that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Who taught him all those things? Joseph did. His dad did. His earthly father taught him how to talk, how to speak, how to deal with people, how to handle situations. And Jesus watched Joseph. And God put whatever he needed in Joseph's life to create a steel in Joseph so that he could raise the Son of God. When you think of all the things that Jesus went to, how he handled his life, even though Joseph was the adopted father of God, it was that influence of Joseph on Jesus, no doubt, that helped Jesus grow, which means this for us. If you're in an unexpected situation, <clears throat> your place in time is not an accident. Your particular problems is not random chaos. And your particular purpose is not insignificant. It may not be what you expected, but God has put you in that to teach you and to train you so that you can be used for his glory. But you say, what about your unexpected situations? You say, that, that's good for Joseph. An angel came to him, talked to him four times. I've had no angel come talk to me. I've asked for angels to come talk to me. I've watched touched by an angel. No, nothing's happening. My unexpected situation keeps staying unexpected. What am I supposed to do? Here's the hope for us. While we're waiting to figure out what we're supposed to do. And it was a very 80s reference, by the way, to touched by an angel. There is a protection. This is the protection that we have. And the fact that God is unsurprised by that, it says this, Jesus is what his name will be called, which means Yahweh saves. This is our protection. It means Emmanuel, God with us. What the angel told Mary was nothing is impossible with God. And Joseph learned the exact same thing. He said, you're going you're gonna to have a son. You're going to adopt him. You're going to raise him as your own and his name is going to be called Jesus, which means Yahweh saves. And his, he is going to be, he is Emmanuel, which is God with us. D.L. Moody said that God doesn't expect the impossible from us. He wants us to expect the impossible from him. And when you're struggling with what your unexpected situation is, and it's not easy, you feel it, it weighs you down, you struggle with it, God doesn't expect you to do the impossible, but he expects you to just keep trusting him that he can do the impossible through you and the protection that you have is you have a savior. You have God with us. We have Emmanuel. This is what Joseph did. He, he trusted. It says in verse 31, 34, when Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and he took his wife and he did not know her and he called his name Jesus. What Joseph did was he trusted God and took him at his word, and he turned 
and he looked to Jesus. And he called him by his name. The unexpected in your life is not an end. It's the entrance to God's grace as you choose to trust and obey. I was sent by a friend a video this week about another person singing this song, and I played it, and I think this is what Joseph would say. Joseph says, I, he says, I, I count one on one thing. The same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now. In the waiting, the same God who's never late is working all things out. He's working all things out. And what we're called to do is to say, yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Oh, yes, I will. God will bring unexpected things into your life for your good and for his glory. And what he calls us to do is to know we have a Savior in Jesus Christ who wants you, who takes sinners in, and he changes them, and he makes them what he wants them to be. But he says to us, trust his word and keep looking to Jesus in your unexpected things. Let's pray.